0: And subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 248, and it will be about contractors need to reward themselves. It's the holiday season, which means everyone's so busy thinking of everyone else, wrapping up the end of the year, getting one more thing done that kind of makes sense. And I will be the person who says, Merry Christmas. You have earned it. Many of holiday movies are variations of Scrooge based on this is good and that is bad. Anyone who has not had any challenges in their life has, been ex- has not had challenges in their life, has been extremely lucky, or living in a very protected bubble. Uh, dare I say it? Snowflake? Oh, I did. I said Snowflake. So, I know a lot of contractors, been on contractors since the 1960s, and let me tell you, all I can say is congratulations to you, construction contractor, on whatever level of success that you're experiencing. It takes a lot of work and effort, blood, sweat, and tears to be a contractor. The rewards are enormous if you do it correctly. But yeah, it's, it has its challenges. I'd like to suggest, and this is just a piece of humor, that uh, you send me all your extra four leaf clovers. If you're a favorite happy leprechaun, it's not too busy. I'll take a little extra magic. We can never have too much magic or sunshine in our lives. You know, life happens. Challenges happen. Some good, some bad, depending on the perception of the event. Now, we can all look back and see what we might have done differently. The question I always ask myself is, did we make a decision? Did that decision seem to be the best decision at the time, based on the information at hand? at that time. If you and I make a thoughtful decision, I'm not talking about a knee-jerk reaction, then it is a good decision. Sometimes we think, we I should have done blank, I could have done such, uh, if and only, but, because, and, fell in the blank. So these are negative thoughts and are not very useful, because all negative thoughts just drag you down into a bad mental place. So. If you're having some negative thoughts, and it's not uncommon this holiday season, I I offer you, uh, look up, and a lot of you people know it. It's called the Serenity Prayer as a Beacon of Truth. And it starts out with the effect of, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I think of myself as a great and powerful wizard of Oz. That's A-H-H-H-H-H. Because a lot of times I show people things and contractors and they say, ah, now I get it. Well, it's funny, being a Wizard of Oz, every so often, um, I think I have the power to change everything. And sometimes if I get too powerful and get too up of my own uh, wonderfulness, I go across the street. Because the folks across the street have a couple of really beautiful, uh, one's a golden lab and there's a black lab uh, dog. And these two dogs, oh, they're probably, I'm guessing, maybe 10 years old or more. And they are the friendliest, nicest dogs on earth. And they'll come up and you can pat them and say hi. But you want know a little secret? If I get to feeling too powerful, I start ordering them around. You just kind of look at me and wag at a tail. And if I still haven't got it, I'm not very powerful. I go to the back deck here. We have a bunch of you know, neighborhood cats that sun themselves on the deck. And I start herding cats around. Don't get very far. So it's a good um, way to to make an understanding of the things that cannot change and the wisdom of the difference. Now, since it's a holiday season, I'm just going to segue a little bit. Because between religions, and there's over 4,000 of them in the the world here in 2017, the name of God or infinite intelligence or whatever you're comfortable with may change. Different names uh, call different things. But however, from my viewpoint, the message of prayer is the same all over the world, no matter what religion is your choice. The key is you have a choice to believe what you want to believe and how you practice your faith. Because we know this, the sun rises and sets on each of us every day. My suggestion, take it for what it's worth, is from a construction con- uh, a construction accountant and a <laughs> well experienced contractor. Here's just a few things I'm just going to suggest and throw it out there for you to to uh, accept, reject, or ponder on. First off, embrace life. Enjoy the day, moment by moment. Do something fun. If you get a chance, as often as possible, once a month, once every three months, once a year as often as possible. Find a spot and watch the sunset that is so calming and s- it helps center you. Get out into nature, someplace in the woods or you know, someplace where there's, um, well, the woods are the best, and just listen to the birds sing. If you have to like trains, and I love trains, and uh, Sherry sure, and I occasionally, we, we rent a room down by the uh, Columbia River. There's a a few nice uh, hotels down there, a room that we sit here for a few days at a time because there's a train that goes right by the room. Now some people don't like it. We love it. The train goes by sometimes you know 4 in the morning, 10 in the morning, 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So you got to hear it coming and, and you hear it as it goes, the train whistle. What we get out of that is, in spite of everything, good and bad, taking place in this world, Business and commerce is moving forward. You're a train whistle? What that should tell you is that business commerce is moving forward. As long as business and commerce is moving forward, life is good. Another thing I would suggest very strongly rejoice in the laughter of children. I love kids. Uh, for at that moment, they're embracing their world with a complete abandonment. They don't know, they don't understand. They smile, they laugh, they giggle, they have fun. They think happy thoughts. The simplest things in a child's life are free. Just enjoy the laughter of the children. I'm, I'm doing things to help you get some peace of mind and get centered here at the end of the year. It's been a long year for everybody. I don't care what, who you are. But um, let's get ourselves recharged and ready for a, a wonderful new year. I would suggest that every day everyone can find a reason to be frustrated if they're looking from that particular point of view. In my case, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm actually a driving instructor. So, whenever I'm on the road, if I'm going to work or going back home, or if I'm going to the office, or I'm going to the mall or someplace, um, I'm a driving instructor. And somewhat quietly, I like to pass out suggestions to the other drivers on the road. Because some of them drive too slow, some drive too fast, some are reckless. Uh, some of them, the music is too loud, and they're passing out hand gestures. In fact, I've gotten a few hand gestures, and for some reason, they must think I'm number one because I get the hand gesture of the one. So I say, Thank you. I am number one. Thank you for saying so. Um, sometimes they honk their horn on their cell phone or texting. The car issues smoke from the tailpipe, it smells bad. The tires are bald. There's no headlights. The list can be annoying, and it's about endless. No one is exempt. But as a volunteer driving instructor, I like to help people understand what they're doing wrong. Now, I say this tongue-in-cheek. When I say I help understand what they're doing wrong, I'm inside my car, the windows are rolled up, and I'm fairly quiet. And I, I'm very careful not to do anything to leave my lips. But uh, anyway, I think you figured out I'm not really a driving instructor. I'm just kind of impatient. I think that's the word. Anyway, understand that while we're annoyed and we're driving, there is nothing more dangerous than someone who is crossing in the middle of the street. Now, we're here in the northwest in the Seattle area, Seattle metropolitan area, and we see this a lot. People cross in the middle of the street across Aurora, which is Highway 99, which can be an eight-lane highway, if you can believe it. And I see them do it frequently at night. Wearing dark clothes, and in some cases sunglasses, and they're lollygagging across the street. Not at the intersection, right in the middle of, you know, there's no intersection, there's no lights, and nothing. And they're either clueless of the danger or they're playing chicken with cars. I'm not quite sure which. But drivers everywhere at some point during the day or nighttime will see this happen repeatedly, especially in the Seattle area where we're at. And I heard from other people, I think it's a common problem across the country, it's getting worse. I don't know what the rest of the country, but I do know here in the metropolitan area we have a number of um, shopping malls. And shopping malls are usually pretty close to the interstates. And every so often we hear situations where some kids, teenagers mostly, are crossing the interstate at night to get to the mall. And some of them don't make it. So be careful when you're driving. You know, it's funny too, when you think about in, in the old days, in the olden days, and for me that's in the you know, 60s and 70s, it used to be we heard someone who appeared to be talking to themselves, that they were, shall we put it politely, they're a little troubled in the head. It's an old fashioned saying. But now with cell phones and wireless headsets or earpieces, it's a little harder to pick out the people who appear to be talking to the invisible friends. And yes, I'm guilty of myself. I've got an earpiece and i got a, you got know, a smartphone and sometimes I call people and uh, I'm a, I may look like a little bit of a strange individual myself. Nevertheless, just so we know, we understand something and I'd, I'd encourage you to uh, not watch or listen to a lot of news. You gotta watch a little news, you gotta be informed, you gotta you know, know what's going on in the world. Just understand that it's easy to listen to the news and become depressed, agitated, or thinking the challenges of the day are hopeless to overcome. Well, I like Mother Teresa, and in my view, um, I think she said it best, and I'm just gonna paraphrase, this is not an exact quote, but I believe she said something to the effect that we the willing, led by the unknowing, are doing the impossible for the ungrateful. We have done so much with so little for so long. We are now qualified to do anything with nothing. And I got the thought of the internet as a quote, supposedly from a of Teresa of Calcutta. Like I said, I don't know if it's actually from her or who it was. But I sure enjoyed that quote a whole lot. Well, now that we define a problem. What is the solution? I'm an answer man. I like solutions. So I encourage you to think about lemonade. Life hands you lemons, making lemonade. Shift your thinking. Are you thinking inside the box or outside the box? You know, life is a series of challenges, followed by more lessons, tests, and quiz. It's how we react that makes a difference. And I'll give you a quick randomism. And I quote, if you know the answers, the questions won't bother you. So I take you back uh, a few years when you're back in school, uh, it could be grade school, high school, college, university, doesn't matter. And when you did the material inside and out, the test was easy. In fact, it was kind of funny because there were a few questions there. You kind of scratch your head and say, everybody knows that. Well, they don't. But I'll pass along a little piece of uh, information for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. This is an opinion or randalism. And randalism is just things I've repeated over the years. People say you should write that down, so I did. Here's a quick randalism. Life gives you a test. If you don't pass a test, life will give you a lesson about that test. And in life, repeat that same test. So it's a question of test, lesson, test, lesson, until you learn the lesson. And when you do learn the lesson, you pass the test. Isn't that wonderful? I have found, I've been in a service for a lot of years, and I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm looking for that last one, because every time I learn a lesson, Life is so much fun, it gives me another test. It says, here, Randall, you need to learn another lesson. I say, oh, thank you. I can't thank you enough if I tried. So I am forever learning new lessons, exploring new horizons, and kind of like the layers of the onion. I keep peeling off a layer. I think, okay, I'm going to get down to the core, but it just keeps going. But work with it. Have fun. You know, on any construction project, the bearing walls, it was called inside the box. You near know, the laws of physics. The wow factor that your clients dreamed of is outside the box. can't tell you how times I've run across that. When we were in construction on a regular basis and had some crews, and every so often the carpenter would call up and say, Randall, you need to come talk to the client here because they want us to take out this, this post and beam so they get more headroom and, and open up the, the room itself. And they really think it's no big deal, like you just take a chainsaw and chop it out. Can you go explain to them? So I would come and explain to them and draw it out you know, on a piece of paper and, and kind of help them understand it. And then a lot of times I have what I call a storybook. If you're a contractor, I'd really suggest you get a storybook. Now, these days you can actually do it with your, your pad, your iPad or your, uh, your um, MS project, I'm sorry, your Microsoft pad, any kind of a tablet. But I, when I did it, I just I had a three-ring binder and divided it in different sections, and I would add pictures and articles of what happened when people took out bearing walls. It'd be a, a picture that the upstairs collapsed, and you know different things of that nature. The same thing for the plumbing. I'd say well, I had pictures in the plumbing. I try to explain to somebody, hey, if you got a water heater, you need to have a pressure and temperature leaf valve. Don't block it off and I had a few images of what happens when a water tank is blocked up and it will blow through the roof of a three story house. So pictures are worth 10,000 words. You can do the same thing with a tablet, you know, just bring it along. So that really helps. And once your clients understand that you are looking out for their best interest. Uh, you're 10,000 miles ahead of the game everybody else. Well, you know, i got to put a plug in for construction accounting because construction accounting, the numbers are inside the box and the box in this case is the workstation or the computer or your laptop or your notebook. Um, we use workstations here at the office and they're all custom built. And all the numbers you need to be effective and make a lot of money in construction are inside that box. That box also includes the state, local, federal, income tax, payroll, titles, tax reports, and the estimate process chosen by you for each project. Okay. And all your uh, KPIs, which keep your performance indicators, all your reports are inside that box. And again, the same type of thing. If uh, if you're a contractor, and I'm sure you're very good at what you do. Um, I spent a lot of years in plumbing, became a master plumber, and we started some construction companies and some plumbing companies, and I loved it. And I'm very, very good at plumbing. I haven't done it in a while. Um, I do little side projects, kind of keep my fingers in it, and I still maintain my dreaming card. But I'll be up front when it comes to things like electro and roofing and drywall. I am clueless, lost. But I'm very good at plumbing. And I understand the concepts of how these things work. And so let's translate that into what is construction. It's really simple. It's tangible. You can see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, and hear it. So it's tangible. So contractors understand construction inside and out. You can walk on a job site and you know right now, in an instant, if it was put together with quality or not. Well, the problem that contractors have with construction accounting is, guess what? It's intangible. You can't see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, nothing. The best you can do is generate some reports to tell you where you have been. And that's what construction accounting is about. It tells you where you have been. And so you take those reports and you convert them and put them into what's called a business plan. Um, And that business plan is what you use to do your projections going forward and do all your economic uh, economic costs and economic projections. And then your business plan helps you find your prime customer. And then the accounting comes behind and says, oh, here's a test. And here's what it looks like. You learn the lesson, you get better clients, and you keep getting that test and lesson. Well, the test is the accounting. The lesson is your business plan and getting reports out of QuickBooks. So basically, there is a seven step process, I'm sorry, there's an eight step process for construction accounting. Number one is you start your company. That's the first thing you do. Next thing you do is you get your QuickBooks set up right because QuickBooks for contractors and construction is totally different than any other QuickBooks out there. Because you see, there's three basic areas of accounting. This what's called regular accounting. And that's about 80% of all accounting out there. So all the retail stores use regular accounting, all of the professional services, uh, car lots, you name it. It's regular accounting. They have sales. They have one line for cost of goods sold. They have expenses and net profit. Well, in construction, you have sales. Okay, this is very true, but your cost goods sold can be anywhere from five to fifty, or even a hundred cost goods sold. Because in construction, you have what's called direct cost of goods sold and indirect cost goods sold, so it's massively different. In construction, it's about fifteen percent of all accounting, so it doesn't get a lot of attention in uh, in college and university. I know it's my first degree was in accounting, and I learned that the hard way. That was over forty years ago, and I've gotten other knowledge since then. In the last part, five percent of all accounting is manufacturing, and that's like the you know your Boeing's and your car manufacturers and that sort of thing. It's a whole different thing. It also has work in process like construction, um, but it's just a little different. It's more of a work in progress where construction is more like work in process. Very similar, but a lot different. So get your QuickBooks set up right, okay. And we actually sell QuickBooks templates and chart accounts at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. And you can actually buy the same chart accounts and QuickBooks uh, templates and everything that we use for QuickBooks. And we're just getting the QuickBooks on this desktop. And we're just getting the QuickBooks Online on there right now. We're working on the zero Next. So get your QuickBooks set up right. Number, step number three is good bookkeeping. And that is really important. So make sure your bookkeeper understands how the bookkeeping works. And as a little side note, uh, we're working on the construction, the construction Accounting Academy, which will be opening in 2018. And we're actually going to have uh, some classes on how to do construction accounting, basically the same way that we do it. It'll be pretty intense and very useful. So look for that in 2018. Um, step number four, your KPIs. Those five key performance reports. I'll, I'll brief them over again in case you're not familiar with them. They're, they're called the five five for five. Their one report is cash. How much cash do I have on hand? You put a little icon your QuickBooks, bang, there it is. Number two is accounts receivable. Who owes me cash? Who owes me money? Number three is accounts payable. How much cash, how much money do I owe other people? Number four, is the profit and loss. And this comes to randomism real quickly. Cash is a fact, profit's an opinion. But you still need those profit and loss reports to see how you're, you're doing in your business. Number five is the balance sheet. And as we're all familiar with, the balance sheet has the three O's. Number one is what you own assets. Number two is what you owe in payables and liabilities and loans. The third O is what's left over, or equity, what's your business worth. So pay attention to your five KPI reports. Number f- step number five is once you've got these in place, you can start doing some sales growth based on your 80-20 rule, Find out 20% of people that are responsible for 80% of your, your growth, and just focus on those people and become very niche focused. I want to speak briefly on this. I've worked with a lot of contractors, And every contractor I've worked with that has absolutely focused on a niche has become very, very successful. I know of a few contractors that niche down so tight. Uh, One in particular, this fellow only works with remodeling homes of surgeons. Okay, No doctors, no nurses, no car salesmen, nobody else. Just surgeons, because he relates to them. He's a heck of a neat guy, and I'll tell you flat out that uh, his prices are always five to ten times higher than any other contractor I've ever seen. So if you're a a contractor and you're gonna do a kitchen remodel for somebody, you may you're gonna charge them fifty thousand dollars. This contractor I'm talking about. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand for his kitchens. And these are in really nice homes. And the guy's work and his crew, the work is just ridiculously impeccable. I've never seen anything like it. It is just phenomenal. To say everything is perfect is an understatement. And this guy makes seven figures. I mean he makes some darn good money. I know of several handyman working alone that are making over six figures themselves because they understand a, their certain niche. So, enough said, let's let it go at that. If you're a contractor, you get rich in a niche. Um, don't take on as your customer. So, let's move forward. Step six is cash flow management. You've got to manage your cash flow. I'll give you a really quick secret on the step six and just take it for what it's worth is I love opium, other people's money. So when a client calls you up and says, hey, I want you to come work in my, my house or my business or whatever the case is. I want you to remodel it or, or do some minor repair. When you're done at the end of the day, get a deposit, get some money. Um, we had several construction companies. Most of them were remodel companies and, and that sort of thing. Some residential, some commercial. We had a couple of mechanical and plumbing companies. And we always got paid quickly. I didn't let things slide, you know. I didn't finance anybody. That included builders and home builders and developers. And I was heard all the time. Well, you know, the builders and the home builders and the commercial people, they want you to do the, the work and then you send them a bill at the end of, you know, when you're all done. It's two months later. And I say, well, I can't do that because I have an agreement with the World Bank. I don't loan money. They don't do construction. Well, the fact is, they're never going to do construction, they couldn't cure less. But I'm not about to go rack up my credit cards or use my money to fund somebody else's dream. That doesn't make sense. So I never did it. I think one time we had, uh, we're doing over seven figures. And I think once I woke up in a, in a cold sweat, I almost, couldn't get back to sleep because I, I think I had billings out of like four grand. And i tell you what, I almost had a nervous breakdown. You know, I had plenty of money in the bank, but, I mean, somebody only like four grand, I, I forgot to collect, and the I, I, next day I woke up early and I went out and uh, had a little chat and got some money. See? So, cash flow management. If you manage your cash flow, your business will be a lot easier to work with because one thing, you'll, you won't be paying anything late. You're not paying uh, fines and penalties. Number seven is success secrets, okay? Give you a little hint. If you hang around lawyers for about four years, I mean, just spend every day with lawyers for four years, guess what, you become a lawyer. It's called law school. If you hang around with accountants for about uh, four years, guess what, you'll usually become an accountant. It's called a degree in accounting. If you hang around doctors, I, I don't know, I know it's a little different for different doctors, but if you hang around doctors between four and eight years, oh my gosh, guess what, you're a doctor. So the success of is find out what successful contractors are doing and wait for it, copy it. Pretty simple, but it works. So I hang around with a lot of people who are very wealthy because I want to learn to be wealthy. And I have my construction businesses, my plumbing businesses. I hung out at the BCC I hung out with the, the, the plumbers. And I really pay attention to the ones that are very successful. And they'll share secrets with you. And it's not really secrets, it's like simple stuff. You kind of slap your head and say, You're like the guy um, who bought themselves a Volkswagen, and your friend bought a Cadillac. And they went to the store and they slapped themselves on the forehead and said, I could have had a V8. So. Yes, throw me a bone, a little giggle would help. Nevertheless, success secrets, in step number eight, when this is all in place, guess what you're gonna do? You're going to make good decisions. Why? Because you have information. Good information, good decisions. Bad information, bad decisions. And so if your QuickBooks is set up, you got good bookkeeping, your KPIs, your sales growth, your cash is managed, you have success secrets, then it's just like falling off a log to make some good decisions. Well, I hope that helped. That was quite a bit of information. It's near the end of the year. Um, and this podcast will be going out on, on Friday, the 22nd, just for Christmas. So I'm trying to throw a little extra Christmas gift in for you. I hope this is helping. So what I just said, of course, was as a contractor, much of your rolls outside the box. You make what seems like the impossible and turn into a finished product. That's the whole house remodels, the kitchen and bathroom remodel, the new roof, installing the attic fan, replacing windows, maybe a deck, a patio, a hot tub, swimming pool, children's backyard, playhouse, all kinds of stuff. And the handyman contractor, I love handyman. I love all contractors. The handyman contractor I really admire because the handyman contractor fixes things. And those things are very important to the clients who need them fixing a door, hanging a hand closet rod, moving something, removing something. Now in comparison to a whole house remodel, it might seem like you're just not doing anything. But reality is to that person who needs the work done, those few simple little things may change their world for the better. You work as an anti-man contractor, it brings joy to their life. Be proud of it, and I love handyman contractors. So every contractor, especially you, listen to me right now, every contractor, you have to determine who fits the profile of your best customer. There's all kinds of words for it. It's called the avatar. It's called the, the psychographic, the demographic. You pick it out. Here's what I want to talk to you about. What do you like to do? What are you good at? Any construction contractor can have the fantastic quality workmanship in some places of construction and have to deal with a myriad of separate, unrelated issues if they do not like the work. One of the simplest ways to start is looking at your QuickBooks report and there's one called the Job Probability Summary this is a great one because this is the first step to understanding and using the 80-20 rule for contracting success. And if you don't learn about the 80-20 rule, go to www dot fast easy accounting forward slash 8020 I got a little graphic there and some information let me tell you as, a, as a, con- a construction accountant and having experience in this I learned a long time ago the top 20% of your clients generate 80% of your profit now what I see all too often with the contractors and, and God bless you I love you all 80% of your client contact is with those people who make the last 20% of your profit because they're all the squeaky wheels Okay, they cause you a lot of grief and this is why I say the biggest gift a, con- a construction contractor can give to yourselves give to yourself is the power of choice learn who that 80% is, learn who that 20% is and there's lots of ways to do it but give yourself the power of choice. Number one, increase your pricing as needed. You'd be surprised. Price is number seven on the list when people buy things. It's not number one. People say it's number one because it's a knee-jerk reaction because that's all they know how to ask for But don't be fooled. Price is number seven. The second thing I want to talk about is collect job deposits. OPM, other people's money. It's their dream let them pay for it. Number three, this is a tough one for a lot of contractors, I know it is, and bless your hearts, I know why too, they're as kids, but ask your customers and clients for the money. It's simple, ask for the money. Put your hand out, please sir, may I have another? Ask for the money. And the last thing, this is really important, learn the power of no. Just because somebody says they want something, and if it doesn't make sense, feel free to say no. Because as a person myself, I saw, I'll give you a quick example. My, my best friend, business partner, um, and trophy wife, first wife, only wife, bless her heart, never been annoying. Sherry, she works here at the firm, and Sherry is the type of person that. that she's a little more artistic, she's a wonderful individual, and she thinks outside the box. Bless her heart. And from time to time I have to tell her no. The wonderful idea that she has is physically impossible to do. And she looks at Square and I say, how can that be? I made a drawing and everything. My answer is must need a bigger hammer, taller ladder, stronger person, or tool. Now she thinks I'm just trying to pop her balloon. But in reality I never pop her balloon. Trust me, after forty four years, I do everything I can for her. I love her. Yeah, I've been here forty four years, so we're selling Woods. We're on the honeymoon. But no matter how much she thinks outside the box and no matter how she visualizes what she thinks will work, the fact is sometimes it's not going to happen and I have to say no. And yes. When I say no, am I the bad man? Yes, I'm the bad, bad man. Shame on me. This is a quick segue for you, those contractors listening to this who are married, I'll ask you a question, I think you know the answer. If a man is standing in the woods and there's not a living soul within 100 miles, and he speaks, is he wrong? Just ask your wife, yes he is. Sometimes it's the person doing, doing it that makes all the difference in the world. So do a little thinking, hey, what is your strength? It's always a beautiful sight to see a semi setting somewhere where most of us could not park a VW Bug. I am amazed and astounded by truck drivers. I love truck drivers. Those truck drivers are highly skilled craftsmen, and they perform the magical deeds. So we have the basics of food, clothing, and shelter, and all the fun stuff. We do, we want, but don't necessarily need. And they deliver it in all kinds of weather. God bless them all, I tell you what. Um, Another quick thought is that beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. So a final gift to yourself is to live in the area of the country that you want to live in. It will make your work life more enjoyable, your personal life more happier. And all the small things together can suddenly become a big thing. Well, as you know, life is a journey that happens to us one day at a time, one decision at a time, one choice at a time, made by each of us. Tomorrow is always a new day, with every prospect of being a happier day if we let it. Well, from everyone here at Fast Easy Accounting, we are wishing you and yours a very merry Christmas. Yes, I said it, a very merry Christmas. For those that don't celebrate Christmas, I wish you all a very happy holiday. I know there's a bunch of different ways that people celebrate the holidays, so whatever way that you celebrate it, I hope that you just have a wonderful, wonderful time. And just to wrap this up, I'd like to suggest that if you are a, a DIY type person, we offer all of our QuickBooks setup files, chart of accounts, and cost codes. And you can find those at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractors' bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company and helping support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them. And we, consider, we sincerely care about you and your construction company. That's all I have for now. Please do me the honor of coming or reading the podcast wherever you are listening to it on. And please feel free to tell me what you liked and didn't like. Tell us as you see it because your feedback is crucial and I think in advance. It is our firm belief, in fact it's our, our mission statement here at Fast Easy Accounting, that we believe contractors like you deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. And I think contractors, you don't understand how much value you do bring to people's lives, but you truly do. This is one more example of how Fast Easy Accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put more money in the bank to help operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable people like you, so please stop missing out. If you would like to learn what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com. Dot com forward slash ca and please feel free to call Sherry at two zero six three six one three nine five zero or you can email her s h a r i e at fast easy dot com and schedule your no charge one hour consultation. Private contractors and construction company owners have known about the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a very long time. And now you know about it too. If you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. And you can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Well, thank you very much. Hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now until our next episode here in the Content of Success Map podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Bye for now. just for you.